Hello and welcome to the ARC Podcast. I'm here with Ty. Hello everybody. We're in a undisclosed location inside Tyndale uh, with a special guest, Tyndale employee. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Jake Schlossberg, who works in the production. What's your title? My title is Assistant Buyer. Assistant mm. Buyer, which sounds really exciting. If it doesn't sound exciting, we're going to make it sound exciting we'll do our best this mm-hmm. is uh, part of our employee series which i'm just deciding now as a series mm-hmm. um, and we're going to ask jake all about his job which is probably something that people don't think about you you get a book and you think about maybe the writing but you you might not think about what went into deciding how that book the physical actual book is made up and there's other things besides books that you deal with too but we can get into that so, um, tell us about yourself, where you're from, when you started at Tyndale, your whole life story. Okay. <laughs> whole life story. <laughs> I, um, well, I've been at Tyndale for five and a half years, and I actually started in customer service. Woo! Yep, just like Adam did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was there for three years, and... Eventually, through a number of happenstance instances and uh, God's provision made it to the production department. And so I've been here two and a half years and my brain broke when I came up here. <laughs> that, and it's, it's a regular happenstance. Mm-hmm. When you join production, you think you know what books are and then they convince you otherwise. <laughs> um, but yeah, been at Tyndale for five and a half years, and I came here more or less straight out of Wheaton College down the street. And then before that, I had bounced around between Minnesota and the northern Virginia, Washington, D.C. suburbs, and Wisconsin. So Wheaton College, which is a, a theme since we're so close to Wheaton, Joy went to Wheaton. Mm-hmm. Some of our past guests have went to Wheaton. I didn't go to Wheaton, so I always feel left out. <laughs> it's nice. It's okay, Adam. And what did you yeah. major in? I was an English major. English major. So I thought that I could get into publishing and get paid to read books all day. Mm. Um, little did you know. Little did I know. <laughs> little did I know that I didn't even really want that job. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, uh, I prefer to keep my reading and my writing as a hobby mm. and uh, not get paid to do something I can't do that well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Jake, describe to us what you do, maybe as an overview and then day-to-day, daily routine. So my role in the department is uh, in the the briefest sense, I am Tyndale's liaison with the printers that print our books. Mm-hmm. We don't do any printing um, on our facilities. We have an array of printers all over the world, um, and we get materials from all over the world, some materials from Italy, mm-hmm. some materials from uh, you know, down the street. So it's uh, we are responsible for making the physical book. What can I ask you, Jake? What 
is the decision process between saying, oh, we're going to print this in India versus we're going to print this in the United States? Well, two things come down to it, schedule and okay. cost. Okay. Um, and both of those things uh, are determined by a printer's capabilities. Mm. So some printers have machinery um, because there are, there are many different kinds of printing presses. And some presses are good and run efficiently only up to a few hundred or a few thousand copies. Some only start running efficiently once you're past a few thousand copies. Um, some printers have the capability of making um, the uh, synthetic leather cases that we see on a lot of our uh, devotionals or our Bibles. Mm -hmm. Some of them only have the capability of doing the really nice products. Some are more on the, they can put a paperback on a book and that's about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, some printers uh, can only do a, a one color black interior mm -hmm. in terms of like what kind of ink is being printed on the paper. Mm -hmm. Some only uh, specialize in four color. Mm -hmm. um, so when you look at a book with a color interior, uh, all of those colors are generally made of a composite of black, magenta, cyan and yellow inks mm -hmm. wow. so. one thing that surprised me the most when i started learning more about this stuff is especially with a bible you might think that oh this bible just came from one place one printer but you might get it like different components from something from different locations they have to be put together mm -hmm. uh do you know anything about that? <laughs> yeah. That's about as much as I know, but um, it surprised me when I heard that. It's, uh, it really depends on the complexity of the project, and sometimes schedule plays a role in that. Um, sometimes we'll go to one printer and say, do all of this for us. And however they do that, we may or may not get invested in how much they do that. Sometimes. Uh, they will actually then go to another printer and have them make the cover while they print the interior. Mm. Um, and then the one printer just sends it up. Sometimes we will uh, get more involved in those decisions and have the interior of the book printed at one place and then have the covers printed elsewhere and shipped to that printer where mm. they're put together. Um, another instance is we have a number of products, uh, I'm specifically thinking of our Kingdom line that we have done in cooperation with Focus on the Family. So this is Tony Evans. Tony Evans, where uh, there is a DVD with a participant's guide. And our DVD replicators do not print books. So we've printed the participant's guide in one place and had some of them shipped directly to Tyndale's warehouse where they're sold individually. And then some are shipped to the DVD replicator, where after the DVD is replicated and put into its case, it's then shrink-wrapped or belly-banded with the actual book. Mm -hmm. And then shipped to us, where we ship it out to retailers or individuals. Wow. So are you making all the calls on how many of each product are printed? 
Or do you get that information? You're more the mediator, like the communicator of someone else who's made those decisions. I can make suggestions, okay. but it's ultimately um, the VP of production who makes the final call on a quantity. Oh, okay. um, but we're also taking suggestions from the sales department, especially on when a new product comes off. Um, so sale, sales is telling us how many they expect to sell in the first three months. And we go to the author team and see if they expect the author to want any. And we put all those into an initial print run. And then it's also my job to monitor the inventory levels. Mm -hmm. And when we're getting low, get new quotes and take my suggested quantity. And maybe with some feedback from sales or another mm -hmm. department um, mm -hmm. to that VP, VP and say, this is how many I think we should run. Will you sign off on it? This is why sometimes new releases go out of stock because no matter how much you can plan, you can't predict how well something will actually sell. Mm -hmm. So you might you might get a runaway bestseller and have only mm -hmm. printed five thousand copies of something, mm -hmm. so it's got to be out of stock for a while because you have to wait for it to get printed. So mm -hmm. if you're upset, if your book is out of stock, it's because um, we have to wait for the printer. And sometimes and we're trying to be conservative with. Yeah. You don't want to overprint either because then you're stuck with yeah you're stuck with inventory that isn't selling the other thing that can come into an issue is if it's something where the only economical way to print it was to print it overseas um, you then get into an issue where uh, you can't get the books in here fast enough mm -hmm. and um, to print it domestically would make it uh, unaffordable for us to produce it and sell mm -hmm. it we would lose money in those instances um, but then you're in this limbo of, but we're not selling any because we're out of stock. Right. So, mm -hmm. Jake, what would you say with all of those details? It's a lot to keep track of. What is one of your favorite parts about your job? And then maybe one that's a little bit more challenging. The, um, oh, well, first off, I've got a great team mm -hmm. and a wonderful boss who's assembled a great team that's just a lot of mm -hmm. fun to work with. And every time I walk up here, there's some different kind of food. Yeah. Yes. Available. That's <laughs> also true. cookies. <laughs> Bagels. Yeah. I've got a very generous boss. Yeah. Um, so nice. But the work itself, mm -hmm. uh, the manufacturing of books is just, I think it's truly fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, it was always, I'd, I would sit there and look at books before I knew how they were made how did they, you know, coordinate having that that outside piece that mm. was long enough to wrap all the way around <laughs> yeah. and then they get consecutively shorter as they move towards the middle? And that's not how books are made. They're made um, with something called signatures that are uh, usually 16 or 32 pages printed on a single sheet on both sides and then it's folded up a specific way and then you have, so you print if you're printing a thousand books, you print a thousand of that signature, and then it gets folded and put in bundles. And then the next signature is printed, and the next signature is printed. And then all those bundles of signatures are then fed into a binding line where one signature falls out of a chute on top of another, on top of another, on top of another. And so you've got you know, 16 bundles of 16 pages that make up your book. And then those are glued together and then a cover is glued on them. Um, 
and that's and then it's all trimmed because you have excess paper. So and and that's that's the most simple version of how a book is made, and mm. I, it's just fascinating. That um, the signatures thing was a when I learned about that, it was like a huge. It blew my mind a little just because. Uh, I've gotten books, and Tyndale would never do this. I've gotten books in the past where there's like um, the pages were out of order, but it would be like a big chunk. And I was like, why? Why is it all of these pages and not just like one page? Yeah. Right. It's because sometimes the signatures, because, yeah, you do that many books, maybe there's like one mistake in like ten thousand. Yeah. Books. And sometimes <clears throat> you know two signatures will fall out of a shoot when only one was supposed to, or the whole bundle will go by before one falls. Mm. Um, and printers have mechanisms in place to catch those. Um, and when books come in on a new printing, I receive a bunch of samples from our warehouse that I then check mm. to make sure that the color is correct on the cover, that all of the signatures are there and in order, um, that you know, the book, the printer actually printed our book correctly as opposed to just smearing black ink on the inside of the pages. Yeah. And sending it to us. Um, but you asked about the hard part of the job there. Uh, that does kind of get to one of the hard parts is when a book comes in with issues and having to confront a printer with whom I have a relationship and um, having to say, you messed up our book or you're not meeting our schedule. Um, schedule is one of the hard things to master mm -hmm. as to understanding um, how our internal production schedules work and then how printers' external schedules work and finding a happy place mm -hmm. where we can produce something that is an, a is an attractive mm -hmm. book. Mm -hmm. Do you, speaking of scheduling, mm -hmm. do you work with the editorial team? Are you receiving manuscripts from them so that's um there's there are a couple of people in our department that don't do any buying which is buying is interacting with the printers um, they're called product managers and most people on our team do a little bit of project management um, i'm not great at project management so they don't make me do it <laughs> The, the we have a line of I guess I should say this I work with three um, product teams within Tyndale mm -hmm. two nonfiction teams and then uh, we have a line of children's sticker projects products mm -hmm. that I do the buying for and the uh, we call it PMing the project management mm -hmm. um, and the, that's our folks on the family team and our faith that sticks. We get a manuscript in from editorial that is, I'm not entirely sure at what point it's been edited to, but it's, we're considering it an edited manuscript. And at that point, it comes to the product manager and they send it to our composition department where it is typeset. Um, and they're making sure that, you know, the running head saying the author's name and the title and the page numbers are all in place that it's using the right font, the right spacing, um, all of those elements are considered in typesetting. And um, design is also involved in that price process regarding how they want the inside of the book to look. Um, 
but that is months and months before uh, I get involved as a buyer. As a buyer, I get involved once the cover is ready and that interior is completely done and we basically have PDFs of everything that we're sending to the printer to be made. Do you know the, the typical, like the average um, length of time it is between when we get the, maybe the first unedited manuscript before it finally gets to, we get the book here in our warehouse? So you're looking at, uh, for instance, we've got a title here that we got the edited manuscript from editorial in mid-November, and we sent it to the printer at the beginning of May. And then we didn't get the books in until the end of June. Wow. Because it has to like go in their schedule as well. Printers yeah. Printers have schedules. Printers have schedules, so right. we usually give them about two months to print a new product if it's something that's being printed in the U.S. Um, overseas, it takes about four months to print, and you're accounting for one month of that to just be travel over the ocean. Mm -hmm. And um, in between when we get an edited manuscript and when we send the file, it's being routed through the acquisitions editor, who is the person that interacts with the author and brings the manuscript to Tyndale. Um, and it has to be seen by the editorial department who's going through what we call galleys, which is the first set of typeset pages. And they're flagging issues that they see. And then it's going through um, proofreading and copy editing. And we see from galleys, we go to first pages to second pages and so on until we have a big brick of pages that everyone says this is acceptable and ready to print. Hmm. There's so many people involved. There are quite a number <laughs> of people involved. And for Adam and I, we are out of the process until the book is literally in the store. Mm -hmm. So we do all, you know, the front end of everything. So, so it's like a month or two after you're done. Yeah, but it moved on to the next. When you guys are working, <laughs> when you guys are doing your work, I've almost forgotten this book exists. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're like what? Uh huh. Yeah. Do you? I know you were talking about Fantastic Focus on the Family. Are those the only products that you manage, or are those the ones you do more project managing, and then you do other books throughout the company? Uh, Faith That Sticks is where I do project management. Okay. Um, and I do the buying. Uh, Focus on the Family, I do their buying, and then, um one of our nonfiction teams um, that is named after its, uh, I don't vice know, president. his vi the vice president, Ron Beers. So it's mm -hmm. called the Beers Group, mm -hmm. um, not the beverage. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, the Beers team, the folks in the family team, and the Faith at Six team are okay. the teams that I work with. Okay, excellent. Must be different to print stickers. Stickers, yes. Uh, the general concept is the same as, you know, you have a flat sheet of paper that you're printing. Okay. Um, but it, the printing equipment is different. And it lends, uh, because of that, there are some concepts that in book printing don't apply. Actually, the, the really technical names, the book printing is called lithography or lithography. Uh -huh. That would be the smoother way to say that. <laughs> and then the um, the stickers 
we print those, some are special stickers, we print closer to lithography. Mm-hmm. Um, but our, the main bulk of our stickers are printed uh, actually here in Illinois, mm-hmm. and they are uh, printed by a process called flexography. Um, You're just making up words now. <laughs> oh, totally. You sound so smart. <laughs> I try. For real. Um, but it's uh, lithography, in the modern sense, uses uh, basically aluminum plates. Um, and then as like to capture the image that's put on the paper. Flexography uses rubber plates. Flexography? It's flexography. It makes sense because the plates are probably flexible a little bit. Right, exactly. Oh, graphy. Graphy. What about, um, we have some books where there's stickers, like sticker pages in the back. How does that work? Mm. Is is it something where it gets assembled later? Is that printed by one? Those would be, um, well, it actually gets us back to signatures. So um, I've worked on some of those books, and some of them, they're what's called saddle stitched, where it looks like it's got a staple in the spine. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've basically got one signature that's the printed pages that aren't stickers, and then you've got another signature that is the um, the sticker pages, and it's being printed on a different substrate. And because of that, it's not printing at the same time. Mm-hmm. It would be assembled differently, but it probably is printed at the same time. Mm-hmm. Have you been to a a printer have you visited I've visited a few printers there's uh, I mean there are a number of in Illinois that we work with um, I've visited one in Minnesota I visited one in Philadelphia um, and it's it's really cool to see I mean you think oh it's a printer it's you know it's what I've got in the office but it's not and each one encounters a myriad of different problems in their process and Sometimes they're the same problems, and they find the same solutions, and sometimes they're the same problems, and they find different solutions. Hmm. I remember one time walking to a plant, and there was, basically there was a mechanism in there helping to space out each signature or something. And however the plant thought they had a problem, their solution was a rubber band and a paper clip. <laughs> wow. And it wasn't like, oh, this is a stopgap solution. We're just going to get the real piece later. This was the solution. <laughs> they didn't need a different one. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's really cool. Hmm. It, that it, I've been to a number of plants over the past two and a half years, and every time I learn something new and I understand my job better, and uh, I want to go back to a plant all the time because I know that I'll learn something new that I can Mm-hmm. That's helpful. So one of the questions that you know I've thought about is what's something surprising that you've learned about your job or something that you're excited about now? Because in all of our jobs, we're probably being challenged in new ways. That's mm-hmm. the nature of a good job. Yeah. So does something come to mind? Um, we are... I guess at a point with one of our teams where we have done a number of devotionals over the years and um, 
I haven't been with this team long enough to see the whole arc of their philosophy with devotionals, but I'm with the team at a point where they're trying to branch off into new things. So I'm working on finding costs for them to explore different cover designs outside of the leather whites that we've seen over the past two years. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting to see. That's mm-hmm. So you're like almost yeah. involved in the, the um, product part of product side rather a, a little bit because you're like the development side. yeah develop mm-hmm. it's, it's almost a little bit of like R&D mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's cool figuring out what what options are available to us yeah so. we're uh, starting to get to the end of our time but I don't want to leave before we talk about a really important topic which is the Tyndale softball team that is just about the most important part of my job, <laughs> which is the, the Plowboys, which we maybe briefly talked about uh, in one of our previous episodes with David Gieselin. Uh, I forget what number that was, but you can look it up. Um, but Jake, you are one of the, it's not coach, you're captain. I guess I'm captain. Uh, and I'm, I bring this up because I'm on the... I'm on the team, so I'm Adam is our really stalwart passionate. second baseman. <laughs> um, I inherited the captainship uh, after a number of years on the team. Uh, the previous captain uh, ended up leaving, so yes, on his own, on of his own accord. Here. No firings <laughs> happening. We would take you back if you're listening. <laughs> he was uh, a great shortstop. Great shortstop. We, we miss him. Yes. Mm. Call me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we, yes, we've. Uh, I don't know if we talked about the naming the Plowboys, where that came from. It's a question that gets raised frequently. But when Tyndale's founder, uh, Dr. Kenneth Taylor, created, uh, that's that's a harsh way to put it, but developed the Living Bible, he wanted it to be in simple enough language that any Plowboy could pick it up and read it. And so, um, our team is the Plowboys, and we're in our fourth season, I believe, or we just ended our fourth season, most successful season to date. We've got uh, an assortment of players from the warehouse to marketing to to the VP of HR to the VP of HR <laughs> to production. So, um, yeah, it's. It's a great opportunity that Tyndale's blessed us with, and a number of our coworkers and colleagues come out and watch the game and support us. And uh, we always get comments from the other teams about the number number of fans that we have. Yes, we even have one employee who started a Twitter account and live tweets. Yes, uh, and an Instagram account. Instagram. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, you uh, and it's been a number of years of. Uh, futility, but this year we almost made it to 500, um, and yeah, it it really is a lot of fun. And we pray on the mound after every game, and we occasionally get uh, members of the other team to join us. Mm. So mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Well, um, any anything else you wanna mention uh, while we're here? I just hope that our listeners are able to go in to bookstores and even their own libraries and look at books 
in a whole new way. Um, and that's probably all I can say without getting in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time to be on our show. Mm -hmm. And if you're interested in learning more or have any questions, feel free to contact us on social media and we'll, we'll ask Jake and relay the answer to you. Mm -hmm. And thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. Bye.